Yo, what's up? I'm Tone, and you're tuning into the Time Out Podcast. First off, before we get into it, just want to shout out best friend Bran and his girl Tiff. Congrats on the new baby boy. Glad to hear that, you know, he's safe and healthy and can't wait to meet him. Got a lot to talk about today. A lot of rain in the forecast, but before we get into it, want to bring in my man, Rain. Hey, what's up, y'all? Thanks, Tone. Congrats again to Brandon and Tiff. We love y'all. Um, super excited, super happy. Uh, can't wait to meet our nephew. So for today on deck, we're about to talk about our games of week nine. Super excited to talk about this with you, Tone. I'm pretty sure nobody's going to expect any of the games that we're going to talk about. And then we're going to dive into the NBA season. We know that it's coming back on the 22nd. What does that mean for our dubs? What is the expectations? We'll talk more about that in a little bit. And then we'll wrap up with our boy, Rob Manfred. Your boy. Not my no, that, boy. Your boy, Rob <laughs> Manfred, and how he's handling not only the Dodgers' COVID outbreak, but the entire MLB situation. So we'll talk about that at the end. But first, let's take a 20-second timeout. You know me, Rain. You know I really love to watch college football, and this Saturday was no different. My favorite game of this whole entire season was uh, Clemson and Notre Dame, and unfortunately Trevor Lawrence didn't play. But even with that, you know, overtime, primetime game, what more could you really ask for, right? If you look at both of those squads, they definitely got pros all over the field. Trevor Lawrence is probably going to go first. Obviously, like I said, he did not play, but you can look at the running back, Etienne. They got so many stars on defense, and even on the other side of the ball with Notre Dame, I really, really like Ian Book. I think he's a really good professional quarterback prospect. But um, overall, I, I thought the game was very entertaining and want to shout out college football for that. But the thing that really bothered me was at the end of the game is when all the Notre Dame fans stormed the field after they won. Um, and since then, you know, the school announced that in order for kids to register for class, they got to pass a COVID test just because, you know, they – acted out of sorts on Saturday and you know just kind of want to shame Notre Dame for that it just kind of sucks to see that you know they stooped down to that level and let the kids really do that and you know COVID year really shouldn't be doing shit like that yeah unfortunately I didn't get a chance to watch the game but Tone I appreciate all the live updates from all of your texts and you know one thing I did text you was that the Notre Dame fans did storm the field after the win and I get it. It's a huge win for them, for their school, against what the number one ranked team in Clemson. Yeah. And I get it. I totally get it. But this is an unprecedented time, man. And there's just no excuse for doing that. You know, I didn't catch that game, but one game I did watch this weekend was the Chiefs versus the Panthers. Yeah, and this was my week nine game of the week. So, Tone, if I told you that the Panthers outgained the Chiefs, finished with more first downs and had a 16-minute edge in time of possession, would you think that they won the game? I would believe that they won the game. Exactly, right? And so the Panthers in this game, they threw the entire kitchen sink, including a fake punt. They went, they were like three for three on fourth downs, but unfortunately, they lost the game, right? And so why is this my game of the week? It's because I think, you know, people are overlooking the Panthers. Yes, their record is three and six, but dude, they lost their best player in TMC for, you know, the entire first half of the season. Yep. My number one overall pick or number two overall pick. But at the end of the day, they played pretty competitive in all the games. Like there's only two games where they lost over double digits. They lost the rest of the games by less than eight points. And so this is a team that 
I'm saying it now, next season, if they learn how to win from this season, they'll probably be, you know, competitors. I'm not saying that they're going to make the playoffs. I'm saying that they're going to be a tough team to beat in the next season. And, you know, this is the Chiefs, dude. Like, last week, we just talked about how these guys are going to win the Super Bowl, right? Me and you right. agreed that this is the team to beat. And, you know, you don't expect this from the team like the Panthers. Like, what did you expect going into the into the season, Tony, of the Panthers? Did you expect them to, you know, be competitive at all? Not a whole lot. New coach, new quarterback. Definitely was not my team to be coming out of the NFC South. Right, exactly. And if, and if I told you that CMC is going to be out for, like, you know, six weeks nope. of the season. Top three gonna... pick for sure, then. <laughs> Right, exactly. And like I said, even where their record stands today, three and six, still might be the case, but they were really competitive in this game against, you know, the crowned Super Bowl champions in our book. Yes, they did win. They did win, right? They did. They did. They did win, right? But here's the thing. My point here is that the reason why this is my game of the week also is because the Chiefs are not invincible, right? Right. And so the Chiefs actually gave up 31 points to the Panthers. When you look at the Panthers, I know CMC came back this game, but 31 points is pretty high for a team like that to, to score, especially against the Chiefs, and they still won, right? Mm -hmm. And one thing, and I know Raiders fans are going to love this, is that the Chiefs' only loss in a season is against the Raiders, right? And they also should have lost again because in this game, they lost to a field goal. I know it was a 60-plus yarder, but they were up 14-3 to early on. And, of course, the Chiefs pulled it off because who do they have, Tone? They have my boy, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. And at the end of the day, that's what really separates the good teams from the bad teams, right? I mean, the Chiefs, the Chiefs won the game, but dominated by the freaking Panthers. And at the end of the day, you know, we're talking about one team that is elite and the other one that is still kind of struggling to find their identity. And um, my NFL game of the week last week was actually two teams that were probably in the Carolina Panther boat last year and the Dolphins and the Cardinals. Uh, both of them have pretty new quarterbacks. You know, it's really cool to see Tua getting the start. And, um, you know, now he's undefeated as a starter. Honestly, Rain, who would have thought these teams would be even this competitive this season, right? Both of them are kind of in the hunt for a playoff spot. And the Dolphins actually benched Fitz after a 24 to nothing win. And somehow, some way, Tua's won two, two in a row, and they're right in the thick of things in the AFC. And honestly, we probably could have talked about both of these teams to be one of the surprises from last week's episode. But my favorite thing right now, Kyler Murray, man. I never thought that I would ever really feel this way about him. But to me, he's really like the new age Michael Vick for us, man. He's damn near faster than Michael Vick. And he slings the ball all around the field just like a madman sometimes, you know. Leads the league um, in quarterback rushing. He's averaging almost seven yards carry, you know, like, I feel like he's never been the most accurate quarterback. He does kind of throw a lot of picks. You know, he had 12 last year. He's already got seven this year. But the kid's just a gamer. You know, I I thought for sure he should have stayed and played baseball. You know, he probably would have stayed more healthy, had a longer career. But dude came out, number one pick overall, and now he's out there balling. You know, yeah, they lost on Sunday. But, you know, coming up this weekend, they got a really big test against the Buffalo Bills. And my hot take is that, the Cardinals are going to go and give them a whooping, dude. I think they're going to win by like 14, Ooh. 17 points. I, I don't think that the Bills defense is going to show up. And I really believe that Kyle Murray is going to just kind of carve him up, man. Classic tone, classic tone. Just jump in on another quarterback's bandwagon just because his boy, Ryan Tannehill, lost oh. last night 
to the Colts. And now he's talking about Kyler Murray. So I hope that now that you, you know, talked about Kyler Murray, that you also jinx him as well. And he has a terrible rest of the season. You're just saying that because you're a bitter Niner fan and Kyler Murray just whoops y'all in the last two seasons and makes your defense look crazy. But, you know, whatever, man. You know, if there's anything that we can agree on, I think we're both pretty happy that the NBA is coming back sooner rather than later. December 22nd is the official date that the NBA is coming back, Rain. And as another Warrior fan, I really want to know what you're thinking, man. What are we going to do? What are your expectations for the Dubs? You know, we have this whole concept of with this whole time off, you know, are we going to be rusty or are we going to be well-rested? You know, like, really want to know what you really think about it, Rain. So I think that, you know, the, the time off is really going to benefit the team. But to your point, I do think we're going to be rusty. I mean, the last time that Steph, Clay, and Dre played together, 2019 NBA Finals, right? Yeah. And now you got a brand new squad. Clay hasn't even played with them yet, and those three haven't even played with Andrew Wiggins together. And who True. knows who else that we're going to draft or get, right? And so I think there is going to be a little bit of rust involved. So my guess is maybe the first, I don't know, maybe like, 15 to 20 games where they're still trying to like figure it out. There's probably going to be games. That's a quarter of the season, man. Trying to figure it out. I mean, 15 to 20 games, man, depending who they bring in, man, depending who they bring in, it takes a while for, you know, these young youngsters and maybe even vets to come in like training camps only three weeks. Like, remember, you don't have an entire off season. It's condensed and you're really just going to be thrown in. And for Steve Kerr's system, what is it all about? It's about motion. It's about movement and not a lot of players playing that type of style. So True. obviously they're going to pick up some players that probably fit best in it, but it's going to take some time, man. And I think as Warrior fans, we all have to be patient. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be all worth it. Like the personnel that they're going to bring in. Dude, I just can't wait until we see this team play again, man. Like yeah. people have forgot about like how good these guys are. And I just can't wait to see them back on the court, just terrorizing the rest of the league. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really, really excited to kind of see how we come out depending on obviously who we get, but just knowing Steph coming off the year that he had, just, you know, obviously a shortened year because of the virus and stuff, but I feel like he always plays with the chip on his shoulder, man. You know, I just don't think he ever really gets the respect that he deserves just because he hasn't won a finals MVP. Like, big fucking deal, man. Show me the real rings. And he's always going to be one of the greatest of all time in his position in my eyes. And probably top three best point guards in, you know, NBA history. But definitely doesn't get the respect that he deserves. And I always trust Steve Kerr. And I really think that his vision, along with whatever Bob Myers is thinking, is definitely going to get us right back into champions com- championship contention sooner rather than later. And Hopefully shut up these damn Laker fans because I really don't like hearing <laughs> them talk this shit. I know. I, I 100% agree with you. And I think uh, one important thing too, Tone, that I wanted to bring up is that I think this is a really important offseason for Bob Myers, man. Like, I think he has to get this right. Like, the pressure is kind of all on him, dude, because yeah. if he makes the wrong draft pick, right? If he makes the wrong trade, if he picks up the wrong players, who knows, right? Because, you know, the timeline for this core is what? maybe three years tops to five years and it's still in their prime. And I, I feel like a lot is on, on Myers this off season to pull the right strings and, and, and bring in the right type of players. Right. I really feel like the quote unquote window is probably closing for the dubs. And there's not that one free agent that's out there. Like the KD used to be that Myers can just go and sign and then kind of fix everything, you know, unless 
kind of swing a deal for Giannis, but you know, that's neither here nor there. You know, it's all speculation at this point, but there's no clear cut person that Bob Myers can go get today to put us onto that championship level. And that's why having the coaching staff intact that we have and having the same system year after year, I feel like that's only going to benefit us in the long run. And I really expect us to, dare I say it, make a pretty big splash this off season. Yeah. And I'm happy that, you know, the NBA season is resuming on December 22nd, because it would be weird Mm -hmm. without, you know, basketball on Christmas day. It's kind of like been a tradition and, I would say my prediction, I mean, we don't know as of today, but I feel like it's going to be Dubs versus Lakers on Christmas Day. Old move, man. I'm thinking Clippers, Lakers are going to be Christmas Day. And I think that maybe the Dubs will probably probably play the Blazers or the Rockets. Who knows who's going to be on the Rockets, dude? They're probably going to be without their best players. So we'll see. But one thing we know for sure is that Adam Silver and the league will get those Christmas games right. Speaking of commissioners, let's talk about one that hasn't gotten things right. Rob Manfred. Great. I feel like Manfred is one of the biggest jokes in baseball right now, honestly. And I have a lot of issues with him, among others, is one, how everyone feels like the face of the league right now is probably a white man still, Mike Trout. But Sucks to say it, but the best prob- the best player in the league is probably Mookie Betts. And unfortunately, he does play for the Dodgers, but he's an African-American man who's not really getting the shine that I feel like he should be an African-American man who is dominating his sport, you know what I mean? Yeah, and like case in point, so like speaking about African-American players, I mean, just look at who won, you know, the rookie of the year, right? Mm-hmm. In the AL, you got Kyle Lewis. In the NL, you got Devin Williams. And are we yeah. really hearing about them? No, like... No. If it wasn't for, you know, sports heads like us, like nobody even knows who these guys are. And I think that's a huge issue right now. It's like, you know, the African-American youth and everybody as casual baseball fans, like we do look at this as like a white man sport. And it's very unfortunate that you have really great players like Mookie, like Kyle and Devin, and they're not really getting any promotion. They're not really getting any recognition, especially from the face of the league, who is, you know, the commissioner, Rob Manfred. And I just think that's very, very unfortunate. And he should be doing more to kind of showcase the talent because there is a lot of talent in these players and people of color. And, you know, they deserve to be recognized. They deserve to have the praise. And, you know, not only from their players and the rest of the league, but us as fans, like even as casual fans that don't even really follow baseball closely, you know, I want to see Mookie in a commercial. I want to see Kyle and Devin, like get me excited about the next up and coming players, because obviously Kyle being the unanimous, you know, um, rookie of the year in the AL, that's a big deal. Definitely, man. And just kind of going off that, it's actually the first time since 1984 that two African-Americans won the rookie of the year, which honestly, to me, wow. that's kind of crazy. Just knowing like all the talent that's been there all these years and everything like that. But it just really sucks sometimes thinking that, you know, African-American kids really always get kind of categorized as basketball players or football players and case in point Kyler Murray probably should have played baseball but nah man he switched sports and chose football instead and not giving guys like Kyle Lewis and Devin Williams real big shine like that I feel like that's what kind of makes people not want to play baseball you know you're not going to really get that spotlight you know and Kyle Lewis won the unanimous rookie of the year. And, you know, that doesn't happen often. And if you look at Devin Williams, even in a shortened season, the dude only gave up one run all year. 
you know, like I, I get it. It wasn't 162 games, but still, dude, one run all season. I mean, that's why he won rookie of the year. And I just feel like we don't really hear too much about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100% agree with you, Tone. And another thing that Manfred has, you know, messed up on is that, dude, the Dodgers won the World Series. Cool. Congratulations. But Justin Turner tested positive for COVID. And then he was out on the field celebrating with the team, knowing that he had COVID. And he took his mask off, dude. Like, he took his mask off and he put everybody at risk. And guess what? Not even a slap on the wrist. There's no punishment for him, dude. That's insane. If you want to go through no punishment, look at this fucking guy, man. Alex Cora, AJ Hinch, both got suspended one season for the whole sign-stealing bullshit. And these guys got jobs again this season. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's kind of crazy. If, If you're calling these guys cheaters for doing the wrong thing, you're just going to give them one year off and then they get to have a job again. You got two of the greatest players of all time, one in Pete Rose and one in Barry Bonds, who quote-unquote cheated or did things that are, you know, shouldn't are unethical to the game of baseball, but these guys can't even get into the fucking Hall of Fame. They're not even, like, out there in the game still, like, playing or managing. They're just trying to get into the fucking Hall of Fame, get recognized for the accolades that they've accomplished throughout their career and i just think that manfred is just really doing some fucking bullshit to the league man this whole extra inning rule the universal dh i am not about it dude this is supposed to be america's pastime and so i feel like manfred has already passed his fucking time yeah tone manfred's a fucking joke dude like it's just just unbelievable man how some guys get punished or slap on the wrist and some other guys can't even fucking you know get back into the league It'll just make the Hall of Fame. So that's just ridiculous. So anyways, I'm excited for week 10 and the slate of games that we have coming up. And I'm also excited to see who the Warriors select in the draft, if it's at number two, if it's later down the line, and then what happens after that. Yeah, man, big things coming up this weekend. Want to shout out my niece, Peyton. It's about to be her birthday. Also got to shout out Baby Roman one more time, Brand. Love y'all. Hope everyone's staying safe out there. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the other side.